Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hello, and welcome to In-Universe, where we talk the ins and outs of all our favorite fictional universes. I'm Spooky Andrew. And I'm Adam. I really think the spooky voice actually helped me get through that, I'll be honest. We haven't <laughs> well, recorded in a while. Just slow down and actually yeah, think and, about what you were saying. And like I had, I had time to be like, what's the next words? <laughs> Um, well, anyway, ha- happy Halloween, you fucking doofuses. Whoa, it's starting out real awesome. <laughs> um, yeah, it's October, like mid-October, <laughs> so... <laughs> sorry. Uh, yeah, sorry about that one. Uh, but we're, we're here to spooky, spooking, sp- spookify your fucking night you're not gonna be able to sleep tonight after this one buddies i don't know if any of that's true but um (laughs) yeah uh but yeah we're talking about the magnus archives um hey a podcast talking about a podcast yeah it's like podcastception whoa Um, the joke that's still super relevant (laughs) yeah people talk about it all the time uh but yeah we're talking about it is a podcast um if you have heard of it um you probably know it's pretty good um but if you're they're, not too familiar look they're they're significantly more famous than we are and oh, if you're yeah, listening yeah, to yeah, this yeah, podcast yeah, 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 yeah. you probably know them but for the sake of argument if you don't oh, well maybe not we're two pretty heavily different genres sure, of podcasts sure. but yeah um they're a little spooky boy podcast that does like an anthology horror type deal so if that's your jam um this is sort of the best of that that definitely is my jam and once i found this show a uh, goddamn i was hooked um so go go check it out if you haven't by um, uh, rusty quill you can find yeah, them pretty much anywhere um yeah they're on youtube spotify's podcasts are everywhere these days uh but yeah go check them out uh give it a listen um, you'll probably be hooked if um, you just want to know general thoughts. Uh, it's great. Um, so it's good. Yeah, it, it's good. It's genuinely um, very good. Um, we will probably be doing a lot of spoilers. In yeah, this. yeah, we're doing, a, I'm saying this now, we're doing, we're probably talking about the show as a whole and spoiling the shit out of it. 
And it is um, better the less it, you know going in. So yeah, just it, go in. I I would suggest turn this off now. If you feel like never coming back to us again, a hey, more power to you. Good decision <laughs> on your part. Uh, but go listen to them um, if you have if it sparks any interest at all. Um, do that first. But for anybody who has listened to the show um, and is familiar, uh, boy, we're here for you. <laughs> I forgot how to do this. Yeah, yeah. Got how to talk. You forgot how to how to talk into a microphone <laughs> to your friend. Oh, um, yeah. so yeah, we're I'm we're gonna doing be... it like a fucking maniac. <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna be talking about the Magnus Archives in 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 pretty I would say relatively thorough because we both pretty recently have been listening to it and mm-hmm. um and whatnot. Um, we can start with how we sort of got into it. Uh, yeah um so i got into it uh i think probably around 2017 and the show was a good bit into it itself while when i jumped on board i actually found it by listening to a show called crypto z i think it was because I was looking for a spooky boy podcast to listen to because that's something I enjoy. And then that show, I wasn't that into all that much, but um, I do hear pretty good things. So I might go back and give it a chance, but um, it had an ad for the Magnus archives in it. And I was like, Oh yeah, I, I guess I'll check that out because I'm not really feeling this one. And then I listened to the first episode of that and I went, Holy shit, this rules. <laughs> um, and then I listened to like I fucking chugged, pounded like I think like three seasons, maybe three and a half. See no, I think that was on season three when I got into it. Um, but I caught up relatively quickly um because I really couldn't put it down um but uh yeah so i've been into it for a while since before it ended um you were into it you listened to the first season pretty soon after that if i'm correct right actually no i think it was a decent bit after i didn't get into the show until i was looking up some stuff for um if you're a regular listener of the show you know that sometimes you play an rpg called spider link and i was looking up some stuff for some concepts i wanted to use for that game that i never ended up using um but i was on tv tropes and i was looking at like embodiments of fears and it was one of the uh, the examples on that website and i so i gave it a listen and I remember it had to be a decent bit after that because I remember telling you about it and being like, yeah, I heard about this podcast and you being like, oh, I remember that podcast. I, I should go back and re-listen to that and that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and uh, you definitely liked it way more than I did. I listened to the first season pretty quickly and then into the second season, I sort of lost steam. And I stayed that way for a very long time until just recently. Yeah, just um, pretty recently where you finished it. And so you listened to the first season twice and Mm -hmm. finished it as a whole once. Um, I listened to it. I think I'm currently. So when you started listening to it, um, 
I restarted or I restarted it and then I was talking about it. I'm like, oh, we could do an episode of about it. And then um we talked about doing an RPG for it, which right. we'll get into. Uh, yeah, we'll get into that. Uh Rusty Quill just put recently or were putting out their own Magnus Archives mm-hmm. RPG, and that's what kind of inspired us to want to try it. But um yeah, um so I started listening to it um, again, and then you jumped on it, and then you were just able to listen to it past me and everything, because I was only listening like a couple episodes to my drive to work and back and whatnot. So you finished the show. I've just gotten to the fifth season, um, and that's about where we're at now, present day. (laughs) Um, I... And I feel like I say this a lot on this show, and I, I hope I don't get the reputation of a negative Nancy. I really like this show. It's very good, but there I will probably sound a little negative in the upcoming bit. I don't mean to do that, but that's just how it's probably going to be. Um, I will say I feel the show is at its strongest when it is an anthology, like the premise kind of suggests. Um, yeah when it gets into its sort of myth arc is when it started to kind of lose me um and when the introduction of even more characters it started to lose me um i will say eventually that stuff does come back around and i i do like it but Mm -hmm. i will say it was never my favorite part of the show yeah that's totally fair i think that's there's a pretty big division between the fandom of what is quote unquote better between the statements and the meta plot um i'm not really too heavy on either side because i really love both sure um but yeah it really comes down to like whether you're listening to it for like here's a spooky story with like and this interesting elements for how the world works for these spooky stories or you're listening to it for here's my spooky workplace comedy um sort of deal where me and my friends go through tragedy tragedies we got to deal with um but yeah i found many people that like there's some people that are like oh man i cannot stand the statements i'll just like completely skip them over just to listen to like the meta plot uh, as a whole. And then people that are totally the opposite that were like, yeah, once the statement's over, I just turn off the episode. <laughs> um, I never went that far, although <laughs> that feels very funny to me. Yeah. It just, just feels like, <laughs> hmm. Like as soon as he starts wrapping up into like his little, he says something after the end of it, just, nope, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which like, I kind of... I I get where both sides are coming from. I I um, I'm more inclined to agree with you though. Uh even if I'm not the biggest fan of the meta plot, I do think it does add to it in a way mm-hmm. that w- you would be missing something if you ignored it wholesale. Yeah, because I listen to a lot of just these are scary stories on the internet. Um uh, you and, love that shit. Yeah, man. I I'll put it on when I sleep, I'll put it on when I drive. Your YouTube is full of just like, I worked at a park 
uh, this is my werewolf story shit. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. I, that was the episode I watched earlier today. How'd you know that? Because there's um, like eight different videos I feel like I've seen on your YouTube. There's so many of them. Are that kind of shit. Um... But you yeah, love um, chills. We always watch so much chills no, when we hang out. Chills, I don't. Okay, I'm I'm gonna stop that slander right now. I don't genuinely love chills. I love the joke of chills, and I love how much you absolutely hate chills. But I will not. I'm not gonna say I never have. But I will not sit there and watch a chills video on my own just for entertainment value. Yeah, I. I could corroborate that. It was typically when we're hanging out and you're like, oh shit, it's time Oh shit, it's a spooky hour. You don't know what that <laughs> means. And then you watch me slowly type in chills to my YouTube fucking search the whole bar. Time I'm like, don't, we don't need to. <laughs> Who's this for? But um, yeah, <laughs> but, so... so the Magnus Archives, if you're just getting it for that, it's definitely some of the best of of just oh, it's spooky so story. Good. It's that so, you can really find. With both sides of the show, of the plot and the um, anthology, it is so well written. It's actually impressive. Yeah. Um, it, and uh, Jonathan Sims, both head archivist and main main actor on the yeah, Magnus Archives. Uh, uh, writer of the show and star of the show um, and character of the show. <laughs> Yeah, he clearly regretted making it just his name. Yeah, no, he definitely did. Um, but that is, I'll say that from this, one of his weakest flaws as a writer is names. Oh, dude, there's like eight <laughs> different Michaels or some because variation on he'll it. He'll reuse the same name and he'll reuse, like the, the pool of names he gets are clearly just people he knows and he'll like throw their names in because when like they'll like be like oh and this was starring this person this person this person it'll be like okay all those are names of characters in the show yeah there's the i'm forgetting her name now but she's the spider lady the um oh fuck i know her name yeah see i um I no, not, an a, I Annabelle Kane. Annabelle Kane. I was gonna say Agatha Harkness was my <laughs> first. Bucket. She's just also the name of the actress who is who is there. Yeah. Um. So that's that keeps around. It makes getting around the world pretty confusing. Like, uh, I've listened to the show. I think this is. I don't remember if this is the fourth or fifth time I've listened through the show. I'd probably wager it's like the fifth. You listen to the show a lot. Yeah. Um, let's see. Well, I listened, I listened to it once all the way through when I caught up. Then I stopped listening to it because I didn't like listening to it week to week. Then it finished around season four. And then I think that's when you talked about it. And I listened to it again. And I listened to it and then listened to that week to Up week to it yeah, finished. I finished. I remember that. Um, and then I listened to it again, but skipped season five. Um, and then now I listened to it for up to the most the beginning time. of season five. And yeah. I've only gotten to season five. Um, I'm planning on listening to season five this time around i did start a few episodes of it 
Um, but I was mostly trying to rush through the show to get ready for this episode. So yeah. maybe I'll feel differently after record this. Yeah, but... once we do it, the, the impetus will be off and you'll be like, I don't give a fuck anymore. Man. Yeah, well, I mean, it'll, it'll probably be like, oh, I don't need to rush through this anymore. I can listen to other stuff and then I forget to finish it. Yeah. But yeah, um, so so, uh, it sounds like um, in, in that season five is a bit of a sticking point. Okay, so season five is another di- like diverse thing. Divisive. Between, yeah, uh, between the fandom. Um, and I didn't really know that when first listening to it. It is definitely the black sheep of the seasons. It, yeah, it is. it is certainly uh almost a completely different show (laughs) yeah it is and the first time i listened to it i did not like it at all i was like i i'm really not into this i'm not into what's going on um i still liked the meta plot just for the characters because i did really like the characters um so just them interacting and whatnot i was still pretty into um but then I wasn't that into it. But I've come around on it a good bit. And then when I re-listened to it um, that season as a whole again, I actually really liked it the second time going around. I think maybe my expectations on it really helped. Sure, sure. Doing that. When it's suddenly um, not, you have to wonder if you change the channel and you know what you're getting into. Maybe it doesn't yeah. feel as weird. Um, and now listening to it again, I think I could definitely say it's my least favorite season, but that doesn't mean it's bad by any means. Sure. So, uh, something's got to be at the bottom of the list. It doesn't necessarily make it bad. Yeah. Um, um I'll agree to that. I, I think it is, it was probably the hardest one for me to go through. I mean, I guess technically the hardest one was the second season. Because that's the yeah. one that I bounced off the first time. Um, and so I just kind of got through it. But after like a couple episodes into the second season, I was Yeah, I, I knew there was going to be episodes coming up that I'm like, Adam's going to be really into this specific episode. Right. So if he could just get there, I know he'll be fine. Yeah. And, and once I got through a couple of them, I was fine. Then it hit season five, and you had told me a little bit, not like the Yeah, I didn't really But you want... told me that the status quo would change. Yeah, I told you that, and I kind of told you my feelings on the season. Yeah. Um, But I didn't really explain why, because I was super worried about spoilers for things. Right. Or after we talk about your feelings on this, I'll talk about my relationship with spoilers in this show and whatnot. I I think I'll agree. I don't think I liked it a ton. Well, I, I did, it was not my favorite. But yes. I I got to respect the the choice of changing the status quo in a pretty big way. That's a mm-hmm. that's a big that's a big move not a lot of shows do. Yeah, being not afraid to do that the, and still that being like making it work yeah. is still really impressive. Um but it certainly was one a big change and two maybe some of the weakest writing not in the actual style of writing jonathan sims is still a a good writer there's the i think he does a poem for one of them and he he, he's still a good storyteller but the formula really starts to fall into place in that season i think Mm -hmm. where it's him and martin go to place he 
Yeah, my my biggest yeah my biggest issue with season five is because they had this sort of set out each season is forty episodes sort of thing. I feel like season five was too long because of that. Yeah. Whereas all the other episodes, because it's an anthology thing nothing really feels like filler like if in an episode you don't have anything to add to the plot he will just like talk about what happened in the statement and be like okay i'm done and then leave yeah which rules some of those are my favorite ones it it's it's pretty good um but you can't really do that in the fifth season and so you need the story pushing forward throughout the whole it it requires a certain amount of of momentum in the pacing which yeah i don't think is necessarily mr sim's strong suit yeah it i feel like he was had restrictions on this season on him which kind of it doesn't make it bad but you it definitely makes it noticeable sure sure um so yeah that was a little weird you're a bigger fan of the show, so I'll, I'll get your opinion on this before I say mine. What okay. did you think of the actual ending of the show? Um, When I first listened to it, I actually kind of hated it. Okay, uh, cool. <laughs> now I, I don't feel like I'm going to be shitting on everybody's parade. Well, no, there's... That. Okay, there's... there's I hated bits of it. All right, all right, all right, all right. <laughs> um, so... This is one of the things I was worried to spoil for you uh, because I sort of figured it out as the show was going on where, um, and I think this might be like one of the first like big spoilers other than uh, we mentioned the world ended or whatever. (laughs) So that's a pretty big spoiler. But um, while watching the show, I was like, like i was like oh clearly this doesn't take place in like our world like most fictional things don't right but then they started there's um there's a trope what it's called like um as reality until noted basically yeah and like because of that like things started to stand out where i'm like it feels like it's definitely different because we don't have monsters and stuff but it feels like specifically different like um how do I explain? You know, in Spider Verse, when you get stuff stuff like Red X, where it's like definitely FedEx but different. Or yeah. before it became an actual thing, they had Clone College instead of Clone High or whatever. Um, where the differences started to feel intentional, like that. Sure. And I started being like, okay, is this like a weird like multiverse thing? And then they started hinting. Add a couple ideas that it was that sort of thing. Yeah. Until there's like an episode, I think late in season four, uh, what's it called? Crack Foundation, that where this lady, she's cleaning a house. And um, it, if you watch the show, the house is Hilltop Road, which is a pretty significant yeah, place. It's in a the recurring show. place. Um, but it's, completely different to how we know it and then she wakes up in that house and like talks about the differences from when she passed out or whatever to when she woke up and then she's like oh i 
like the coffee shop I like isn't there anymore. My some of my friends don't know who I, who I am, and I don't know who you guys are talking about like the Magnus archives. And I was like, oh shit, it is a multiverse thing. Yeah. So then that started tying into my theories of how things were going to end up and how things were going to turn. Um, and then so when the world sort of ended. Uh, like it did when the fears entered the world. And that's, I don't know if we were specifically talked about, that's what season five is about. Uh, the world ends, the fears enter the world, and it's sort of an apocalypse type thing. I was like, the only way I could see sort of fixing this is if they send whatever to like the fears and stuff to somewhere else. And I was like, and then they specifically said they couldn't go back to it to where they were and then my first theory was that they pulled the world the fears from like another world that had been apocalypsed like the sure. same thing that happened sort of a world. cyclical yeah uh but then they talk about how like because death is a thing in this world and no one's being born it's sort of a finite thing and then the after they eat all the humans, they're going to start like fading away because there's no fear to feed on each other uh, except for the fear of death. And then death is going to take over till there's just nothing or whatever. So I was like, I'm not sure if that theory completely works after that. Yeah, there's a lot Although, of the characters in universe. Hey, that's the name of our show. Um, yeah. uh, the characters in universe do talk about this. They're, they're like when they're sort of debating whether or not they should or could do it or anything like that. Some of them are like, well, how do we know they started here? What if somebody yeah. else just sent them to us kind of thing? Um, I wouldn't rule it out, but it doesn't necessarily feel like that's the. Yeah. The I, I think if it did happen, then yeah, it's like the world didn't totally end like it didn't in this one. And people were able to get rid of it beforehand or when they talk about how they existed somewhere before it was just sort of an empty place um where they sort of Which started bump could have happened because everybody died I yeah suppose. they started bump and then after everybody died they started bumping up against the quote-unquote walls of reality and whatnot um but anyways that was a big i i, I do think it's some implied of my that at the very least this one is is got to be early on because the again huge spoilers the 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 web has been orchestrating all of this because they don't want to go extinct that's kind of been yeah. the whole plan so if it had happened previous i feel like that wouldn't be the plan a second time if you know what i mean yeah um i'm not totally sure how that all works um it might be touched on later on because if, maybe it's touched on in the world book for the rpg well that too but um if people don't know uh magnus archives is coming back it's Whoa. got a new show it's called the magnus protocol now and it seems like it takes place in the next universe um where when they send the fears over so they'll probably touch on more of how how that works and whatnot yeah. i assume also, late, later into the show is that show listener submitted 
Because I remember when I didn't skip, when I wasn't fast enough to skip through them. Because there's a lot of ads at the beginning of this show. Yeah, yeah. Um, when I was when I couldn't skip or didn't skip, one of the, the bunch of ads for the Magnus Protocols hit me, and they were talking about first it began like, "Hey, this is a fake ad, not not a real like. Don't actually try to get a job here." But hey, we're looking for this for the Magnus protocols. Send your the, your Inquisition to this email, and it was like Rusty Quill or whatever. Um, I don't think that it's listener submitted. I know they have done listener submitted things in the fat past. Like there was like a whole event called Rusty Fears where you could send your thing, and then John would read out like your non canonical statement or whatever. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I don't think I heard that trailer that you heard. Um, but I'm not sure. Uh, but um, I have no idea really what that show is about. I've been trying to keep myself in the dark. Yeah, uh, like we said before, uh, going um, into this as blind as possible is the best kind of course of action. But yeah, but anyways, to circle about what we were talking about, that whole idea was sort of one of my red strings I've been tying. Sure. So when it became important at the end, I thought it was really cool. Um, but I get why people might have problems with it, especially you. Yeah. And there's a couple things towards the end that I had some issues with. Um, I, so yeah, I wanted to get your perspective on it first before again i sounded very very negative um <laughs> i was really not a fan of it one as you kind of alluded to i'm not a huge on multiverse stories never really was and of mm -hmm. late they've kind of, of, of taxed me uh I've, I've grown even less fond of them um and the ultimate sort of finale of your big horror story where you change the status quo being Hey, what if we passed the buck does also feel a little strange to me. Um, yeah, I, I will say I do like that because it feels very human. Sure. And I, I could really understand being like, what if we just didn't, I have this really big problem. What if I made it other people's lesser problem to end my suffering? Yeah. Um, but like, I don't know. I, I, I do understand. I, were this a real scenario i would probably do the same you know but it, as far as narratively it felt a little bit like uh and, and again this is going to sound real negative i don't mean it this negatively i just can't think of a different way of putting it um a bit of a cop-out kind of thing yeah where you you have this big the world has ended the the whole fuck physics the rules of reality are now written in nightmare rules um and instead of what I think could have been a very interesting kind of epilogue of like, well, how do you rebuild after that? <laughs> you know, how do I how do I coordinate community action yeah. when uh, the route I take to get to any particular place is as long as is scary um, kind of thing? Instead of just being like, no, this will just fix it. This just does it. We we good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I feel like there is some ways. One of my biggest problems is, and this will sound pretty negative, but one of my biggest problems with season five is throughout the whole of the show, um, 
John, when he's talking about like there's like Q and A's and stuff, episodes and whatnot. So he talks about sort of his writing price process and everything. He talks about how he always had an end planned for the show, right? But I feel like the end he means is the end of the world. I and, I tend to think that too. And and then like he sort of has sort of a few ideas of oh and then this is how they'll fix it or whatever later on and everything but he hasn't really figured all that out until he gets there yeah no i i I definitely get that sense where it's like as a writer say get into that big the world ends bit awesome great place to end your story and be like and it's done so well in this show too where you like a lot of shows like you have the oh all of this was planned all along moment where you're like oh yeah okay i guess so sure but in this you really get the sense that it was right it's really impressive when it happens and everything um but you don't get that sense again at the end of season that yeah that's what i was kind of getting to it doesn't it doesn't feel the same and like as a writer i feel like it would be really really good to end the world has ended and then just end and then i let your audience brains just go wild with okay well now you know what how what's that like and maybe yeah i I think i think it's especially would be good in this show where they really talk about how all the fuse work and everything with like dream logic and what how you think things should work isn't necessarily that so if you gave people the opportunity to figure that out for themselves i think that'd be like a really fun engaging point with the fandom and everything um it's less so it's one of the big problems i had with the last season um was less so when they actually went okay now we have to actually sit here and explore what that is it it feels very much like the kind of open-ended ending of say a movie right where where things happen and then it just ends like the end of of i guess spoilers for this very old movie that everybody knows fight club where oh, come on dude i didn't watch fight club well i don't know why you're you getting mad been, like this i haven't even you know i've been yet. meaning to watch fight club and you're gonna fucking spoil it for me you know it's been at the top of my watch list well then you should have damn watched it <laughs> um where the the project mayhem goes through and a bunch of buildings just start exploding right um and then the movie just ends they're not and like then, all right what do we do with that but do they talk about fight club at the end uh no you're not allowed (laughs) okay Um, good good so like guys i know fight club (laughs) this is a bit (laughs) you don't want all those fight club heads to get on you dude this dude just talked about fight club side note that is the dumbest rule in history dude like (laughs) clearly everybody's talking about fight club how are they getting new members I don't know. I or maybe it's more we don't talk about. It's not we don't talk about Fight Club. Is we don't tell people about Fight Club. But they Club. clearly are because they're getting new guys showing up, being like, "I'd like to join but, Fight Club, please." Yeah. My name is Robert know. Paulson. I'd like to punch people. I don't fucking know, dude. Um, but yeah, so that movie ends on this huge, just like question mark of, all right, uh, what now? And then it, it, but they don't go into that. They leave that up to the audience. And I feel like that's probably what was planned with season four, 
And then they were like, no, but we we got the the momentum, the speed, the money. Let's do it. Like, let's do it. Yeah, I'm not sure how much of that. Like, they always did talk about it being a five-season show. Sure. Like, pretty early on, he said, I have an idea for this for five whole seasons. I think, like, in season two. So I'm not sure how much of that is the case, but it definitely kind of feels like that. Right. It it Um, feels like at the end of season four would have been a very kind of natural place to end it. And then it almost to me, and I know this isn't the case, but it feels like say when scrubs or, or any other of those old sitcoms got an extra season, like seven years later, I know that's not what happened, but that's what it, it feels like. I get that kind of energy. You get that. Yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying um yeah i i can kind of agree um there is like i said there i do like season oh, five there i is, like season nine or whatever of scrubs dude <laughs> there is a lot of stuff in there that i'm happy is there and i'm glad we get to see and um even though i don't think they're as good as the regular statements i think the domain statements are still really interesting um they definitely although, get a lot more preform. Yeah, uh, I like that um, one that was about um, the lady being really pissed at uh, regular ass stuff because it's the apocalypse. Like the one that where the basically the whole episode is just John reading like, "You stupid fucking umbrella! Did you think it was gonna rain? It's the apocalypse, yeah. moron! It don't rain no more." <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. That's my biggest issue. Maybe it's because I watched it or listened to it the least. Um, but I feel like the i i remember a lot of the meta plot of season five um i feel like i could count the number of like domains i remember on like one hand the ones that Um, i like yeah are about one hand and then i do remember i think it was like the second one um because it was very clearly written during covid it's like the the flag town one where everybody masks yeah and that um, one, and I, I went back and checked. That one was written like in the midst of 2020 COVID. Yeah, I think it was written before COVID happened, and then like when COVID happened, like, uh, hey guys, this this is kind of a touchy issue right now. So if you want to skip this episode, yeah, go ahead. Um, but yeah, um, there there's a good number that although I think that Plague Town, from my what I remember, is like my favorite domain um episode uh that one legitimately skewed me out and i did listen to it during covid Uh, so i was like oh this has got to fucked up um uh but uh yeah there's just something about the domains that i don't mind the domains i like the the, i like them conceptually that one was yeah that one's one of my favorite like the, the ones i remember that i remember liking is the kid in the dark um the the trenches the bone, i liked the bone turner's garden um i liked um yeah the trench one um i like that one where she was mad at an umbrella i mean you don't yeah, remember that I, one i don't that remember one, that, one. that one was pretty funny I, it, um, it felt I, unten- unintentionally funny but it was funny yeah um there was like one that i remember really liking that now i just can't remember there's a couple that i remember that i were like fine i was okay with you mentioned earlier the poem one um uh, on the big um what are those called miracle rounds yeah um, the carousel yeah carousel um there's the one where the guy is a worm or whatever um 
yeah, there's a couple that I remember that uh, I wouldn't say are part of the best hits. And I think that's my biggest issue. When I go back and remember all the my favorite episodes and whatnot, I don't think any of them are in season five. No, in fact, many of my favorite episodes come directly out of season one. Honestly, me too. I'm always surprised on where my favorite episodes actually landed. Like one of my absolute favorites is Anglerfish. Yeah, it's um, probably and, my favorite. And I, of. yeah, that's fair. And I always, I'm always. It's now, the very first one. Now, yeah, now I know because I've been reminded so much. But I'm always like, oh shit, this was the first episode. And the second episode I love so much. I forget it's the second episode where it's called from across the street yeah yeah uh, where it's like some person just ryan reynolds here from Mint mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down so to help us we brought in a reverse auctioneer which is apparently a thing Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promoting for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I I guess as a hobby likes to watch people, so they're watching their fucking neighbors. It's gross. Don't do the famous old movie just through windowsills. That one's cool. It's gross. Um, um, but she regrets people, it. Yeah, she should. She honestly, she deserved what <laughs> seeing something spooky like that. Um, all the like, um, this person was been replaced, like the changeling sort of yeah episodes. I really like, and those are all in season one and two. I um, really I, like I will the... I will say that was one of my big like oh like real get into the meta plot narrative um oh with was, sasha and stuff yeah because when i first listening to that i think it's more clear when you binge it 
Yeah. Um, when you listen to it through, it's more clear. Um, but listening to that the first time through, um, I was like, something is off here, and I don't know what it is. Yeah, means. I do. I really like that bit with Not Sasha because, um, I and I, I looked into it. Uh, it happened mostly by accident. It wasn't going to be Sasha who got replaced originally, but the voice actress who originally did Sasha had to leave the show. Oh. Uh, and so they were like, oh, um, well, we're going to have to get a different voice actress. So I guess we'll have her be replaced and that'll be part of it. <laughs> that she literally sounds different. Yeah. And I, I think it sounds great. And it's weird because it's not, for one, Sasha didn't show up regularly enough to be like really familiar with her right. voice. And the voice is clearly different, but it's not so it's not different so, yeah, wildly where it stands yeah. out. Yeah, like crazy. So I was listening to it, to the show. I'm like, oh, something's off or whatever. And then I don't remember why, but I was listening to earlier episodes um, and uh, it was the one where it had it was a girlfriend where her boyfriend there was a creepy calliope and there was a fucked up puppet thing. yeah yeah and then yeah. I heard her voice at the end of that I'm like that's not Sasha <laughs> oh and, and then yeah it sort of all <laughs> fell into place and I'm like oh fuck she got changeling and then so I so like I kind of went back I was like in the middle of the show I went back and listened to it from that point on again so I think I listened to this like four and a half and i caught the part in the big like worm invasion where she got got where there's so much chaos and stuff happening at the time that it kind of gets hidden in the mix yeah which is so fucking good um and then i'm like oh fuck she got changely and like i'm just waiting for that pen to drop for the characters and everything it was so good that was like the first thing that i'm like oh fuck this writing is actually like really impressive mm -hmm. Um, with like the Netta plot and how engaged I got and everything. Um, but yeah, I fucking loved that. That was something I was really worried about spoiling for you because I remember talking about it and then like um, I would talk about like the side characters and then when Sasha comes up, I would have to like sidestep around like her as a whole yeah. just to kind of get around that. Which um, um, I don't know if it was super necessary. Like, I didn't really pick up on it until a little later. <laughs> when um i think i just remember hearing because they list off the actors and stuff at the end of episodes and mm -hmm. when i was binging it it got through to the end and instead of skipping i just let it play through and being like oh, that's a different lady's name <laughs> yeah that's fair um but uh yeah that was that was like a big moment for me for me personally the things i really didn't want to spoiler spoil for you um and hey if you're listening to this and hey we warned you this, dude like we warned you these things are gonna get spoiled because these felt like the big events for me was the sasha thing um the world ending the multiverse thing and elias being matt jonah magnus throughout that because that was when i felt when i figured that out before everybody else did um, I was like, God damn, I'm like fucking baby Batman over here <laughs> running laps I, around. I do guys. remember when you were first listening to the show, not first, but when you got to that kind of part, the the when we were both kind of on it, but you were further because I'd stopped. 
um and you texting me i'm a little baby genius <laughs> yeah that fucking rule <laughs> and i remember being like oh and i'm like i'm You're a like baby i figured genius. it out i'm a little I baby genius i can't tell you shit yeah. that i figured out um yeah, yeah that so like, that fucking okay. ruled for me um, um <laughs> so we've talked a little bit about what we liked and didn't like about the show um i think it would be a, probably a good time to talk about maybe some of our no, we already talked about our favorites, so I think it might be cool to just jump. I, into... Well, I mean, there's there's like some more like of the favorite stuff going on, um, some like specific episodes and stuff. I I really like. Oh uh, shit! Like, what was what was what's his face's name? The the funniest guy in the office. Tim. Tim. Oh god, Tim I Rose. loved Tim. He was He's my such a character. hero. Like. I know a lot of people didn't like Tim before he died because everybody's like, oh, Tim's like an asshole for no reason. But I'm like, no, he's the only one acting reasonable. He's the he's only like, one acting like a normal guy. What the fuck is all this shit going on and why are we so fucking cool with it? Uh, and I fucking uh, love that. Yeah. And then, I, I um, love when he just picks up the, the, the microphone for the recorder and just is like, oh, I'm fucking John I'm, Spooky I'm Boy. John. <laughs> I, I I get spooky and then he's fucking immediately attacked by a fucking worm woman after that and he takes it like a goddamn champ. Oh, he eats that shit, dude. He's just <laughs> he like, I got it, that dude. I wish, oh, I wish for the life of me, Tim survived until the apocalypse because he would eat that apocalypse. <laughs> fucking fragments, Become a king, dude. He get would be king shit in the apocalypse. Yeah, but apparently it's easy as hell to get your own domain. Yeah, uh, Martin's just, got one. Yeah, I guess you just need to be not a victim of the fears, um, and sort of, and then you get one, and you get. Do you think victims. all the high school bullies got some? Um, maybe not all, but a decent portion of them. Uh, what as about long when they overlap? People afraid. Like if you're afraid of something, like if you say you're afraid of the dark, but you're also mean to people, so they're afraid of you. Do you have to take shifts and you're like, oh, this right well, now? Well, I think it's you the... get, I think you get sort of like, because like there's the big domain of the desolation, which Jude Perry is in charge of. But then they say, um, oh, what's that guy's name? The there's like a landlord guy who like fucks with his like tenants and then he sets his building on fire, whatever. Um, they say he's also within that domain. Just he's not top dog in that domain. Yeah, yeah, they're sort of fiefdoms. I'm, I'm just wondering, say, if if you had a domain in the desolation, right, where you you set buildings on fire, but you yourself was also crazy afraid of heights. Do you have to then go, like, when you're done burning down the houses, do you go to the height? I think one? if you get, I think you get sort of a protect if you serve a power i think you get protected oh, you get a from, pass the other from the other ones powers, okay, yeah. yeah um but yeah i mean that would have been something pretty interesting to explore like someone who's like yeah um i'm real into gross shit but i hate the sea yeah yeah <laughs> um, i don't know <laughs> yeah it's it's an interesting thought maybe something we could use for our rpg um it. which uh <laughs> yeah maybe not um but maybe not like a domain but maybe the idea of, of yeah being a being victim a to one fear victim, yeah. yeah um which uh that's something we could talk about a bit the rpg that's what which, i was gonna segue to so, yeah, yeah this is something i really wanted to do 
since I first listened to uh, the show was, oh man, I would love to do a spooky RPG for this. Um, and then the idea sort of fizzled out and come back in a couple of ramps and everything. And my yeah. big issue was who am I going to play this if Adam hasn't listened to the show and whatnot. And like, and, and there's not at least one other person that knows at least what we're doing what's this for. Yeah. yeah. Then who really cares? What's the point? Um, so that was my big issue with that. Uh, that is, that was the impetus for me finishing the show. You were like, yeah. hey man, I really want to do this RPG. Can you please finish the show so we <laughs> yes. can? And I remember, and like, I walk like, again. I guess so. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, it's been something I wanted to do for a while. I also wanted to try um, a Lovecraft RPG we've talked about before. We have, um, yeah. And then, and for that, um, I thought a cool idea was um, if we did like a Pescatani University game. Um, where because that's such a big place in Lovecraft, if like we played yeah, there the and then you could... university, yeah, there's, yeah, there's tons of places. Um, and I'm like, oh, I think playing as college students and whatnot in a spooky boy zone would be pretty fun. Yeah, I, I think um, that gives you a lot of um, a lot of kind of leeway that you might need in a game as opposed to just setting it in a random city. And that yeah. colleges are kind of small 15 minute walkable cities within yeah, other cities. exactly so they're not you're not being like all right i gotta go across town you can be like i just go to the other building yeah and i think just that i think college age is a really good spot to be like okay they're curious enough to get involved with fucked up right. spooky shit and they're but able to the like body eight. enough to deal with it but yeah you're not like a fucking eight-year-old who has to like run to their parents yeah their parents won't fucking believe them the minute a a, a a spooky giant pig comes around you just drop to the fetal position or like cry yeah exactly i mean you still could um, I, yeah i mean i might if i saw a spooky giant pig um but i, I just I, I may have to amend my favorite list i anglerfish is yeah, still you, probably my you favorite forgot. i was gonna bring but it up I but, fucking love giant but i didn't want to be the guy to be like that's not your favorite <laughs> yeah monster pig monster is pig a pretty good episode so and that food. one is pretty late in the game it is but it, um, it's so fucking cool. It's so fucking good. I love Monster Pig. I love that he's just cool with the Monster Pig, dude. Yeah, there's there's so many of them that uh, I just have such a fondness for, even though it, they're all fucked up shit. I Vampire do, Hunter is Vampire one of my Hunter's favorite. All right. I, I, that's maybe one of the weaker points for me. I'm not a huge fan of how they did vampires, where they're like basically Yeah, picks. the fact that they are vampires, I didn't like. But a person... The first idea of um, using, like, sort of cementing that the hunt likes to yeah. go after the the other fears, like avatars of the other fears and I stuff, was a really cool idea for me. I, I agree. I think that's real fun. And just someone hunting monsters is always a trope I like. Um, uh, there's some of the dark ones that i like a good bit um max rayner uh his whole episode i really um, like um x altiora oh really yeah that's, i really like that's that a one. really good one there's so i have a problem with heights in real life so <laughs> when i listen to the heights episode the one that gets me the worst 
is I think it's called left hanging when they're going on to to the top of a mountain on a cable car. Yeah, the cable car gets stuck halfway through. Um, goddamn, that would I'd be hate a that, fucking nightmare be, for me. I'd be... I I would be trying to will my body to shut down and stop working. I bet I'd try to will myself to death. Is basically <laughs> what my goal would be uh, in that situation. I'd be climbing up the walls, dude. You can't do dude. that. <laughs> and, and then there's like a at the end of it where I feel like it's kind of unnecessary, but there's like a monster that climbs the cables. I'm like, God, put me on the ground. Let me deal with that monster any day of the week. Leave yeah. Me out of this fucking cable car um that one there's a lot of those ones that affect me a good bit um i think the dark episodes do a pretty good job at getting that childlike fear of the dark um i agree but um i remember it i think it was one of the might have been one of the qras or might have been like a tumblr or whatever reddit post but i remember reading on it that when asked jonathan sims said that the darkness were his least favorite episodes to write on because it felt like there wasn't a lot there. It felt like it was yeah. so simple. I Yeah. There's only a couple of them where I think the darkness was used really creatively. One of them I think is great um, is in season five, the domain of the dark the, because yeah. it uses kids and their fear of the dark. Um, I think it explores that pretty well. Um, I think a sort of a lesser thing of the fear of the dark as a whole, but the fear of shadows. Um, one I really liked was when that those people went urban exploring and as they were taking pictures of like the old church that was under London, there were shadow figures in the pictures. Yeah. That I really got a sense of like, that's like a childlike fear of the dark, like the shadow people thing. Uh, but yeah, when it's just darkness as a whole say I say the one where it's under the covers or whatever where the 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 guy or whatever oh that one that one kind of fucked me up where is that in season five i don't remember listening i don't to think that one so recently. i think where it's i think it is earlier not like crazy yeah early. it might be season four where it's like someone where they see somebody standing there and they go under the covers and then they like move Every time they're like not under the covers, yeah, um, or one... um, like they're going to the covers and then like they wake up in the morning and they're fine. Um, and then it happens over a couple times until the end of it, the figure comes over and was like, The covers never did anything, yeah. That one kind of fucked me up because I always question myself as a kid i'm like why am i doing this this isn't gonna do anything <laughs> um so that one that one did strike a chord in me um, um but a big tangent um we talked about the miskatonic university uh, uh yeah 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 um so yeah uh when uh i w was like oh i want to run this again the idea of, of university and a spooky boy kind of thing uh, was something I was really into. So I was like, hey, what if we took that idea and did Magnus instead? Because I think Magnus does a lot of the stuff Lovecraft wants to do. Yes. I but can... it actually makes it effective and work. Yeah. And, and it's built on like real fears that real people have and not the fucked up fears that Lovecraft had of just being like, I'm afraid of anybody who's different from me. I'm and afraid of water. black people. Yeah. Lovecraft. <laughs> 
crazy racist. Like yeah. I know some I know some Lovecraft heads get mad when you bring that up and they're like, it was it was a different time. Everybody was racist. Uh no, there were people in his time period being like, Lovecraft, you're crazy racist, dude. Yeah, like there's there's an argument to be made that everybody sort of was okay with the societal racism where they're like, oh, these are the rules for how things work and everything where we separate these people and people were racist for following those rules. But there were also people who just absolutely hated people of a different race for no reason other than they are a different race. Yeah. And Lovecraft was definitely one of those people. Yeah. He was in the second camp uh, and he was, and he was somehow even worse because it's not like he just hated them. He was legit like afraid of them. Yeah. Crazy, it still kills me. Um, And we'll get into this in a bit. We were kind of talking about what system we wanted to use for it. Um, And I was, so I was looking into the call of Cthulhu role-playing system and uh, very helpfully for Lovecraft stuff. They've included a glossary of creatures and how to pronounce their names. Um, Cause Lovecraft names are tough to pronounce, man. Mm-hmm. And one of those creatures uh, literally uh, has just the N-word in the middle of it. Yeah. You can't look say, you can't use for, that creature without so for most people, I would say when you're just throwing a bunch of syllables together. If it were uh, any other writer, I would be inclined. I to yeah, think I'd that. be like, it was an accident. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Don't think it was an accident. I don't think case. it was an accident. I don't. <laughs> uh, but yeah, anyways, um, because of that and many other reasons, um, I'm only into like a lot of the ideas of the Lovecraft mythos. Yeah, I like um, the Lovecraft mythos when they're written by other people. Uh, yeah, August exactly. Derelith does some great stuff. Uh, Belknap, I think is how you pronounce that last name. He does some good stuff. Um, but I just thought I would enjoy it much more if I took that idea and used a better, actually just a better world and setting for it as a whole. Um, and then, yeah, we'd said before that, uh, Magnus Archives announced they had an RPG, um, coming out. I'm like, well, this seems like the time. And so since I wanted to run an RPG, I kind of always wanted to run it in my own Magnus multiverse universe kind of thing which yeah now that can be quasi canon yeah because that's pretty freedom well that was back when i sort of figured it out where i'm like oh this is how this works um so i could do that uh for it um instead uh before they like kind of hard confirmed it or and whatnot um so that's kind of sort of what I always wanted to do. And then with this new RPG, it kind of seems like that's what they want you to do. Yeah. yeah. Um, which, like, that makes a lot of sense. You could use element you want. You got a lot more freedom um, and whatnot. But looking into this RPG, I like a lot of the transferring of the Magnus world to the RPG. But it's using this system called the Cypher system that I keep looking into because I want, like, I even backed the Magnus Archives RPG on Kickstarter, even though I think I had to take my backing down um, because I was pretty poor for a bit there. And <laughs> it was going to charge me. I'm like, I don't think I could spend 80 bucks on this right now. Um, but uh, I I was really wanted to be into it. But all the research I did into the Cypher system, I did not like the idea of. So um, 
we were trying i really wanted to play this rpg so i was like hey adam maybe we could still use the book for world building stuff and whatnot but maybe we should look for a different system yeah um, um the front runners and I, I think we're i'm at least willing to to just say outright um i want to use world of darkness just yeah it. this was your call on it um i had um, suggested like i said before call of cthulhu which i'm not against but yeah i'm still there's still a bunch of elements of call of cthulhu i'm really into and if we want to try it out for like a game or two i'm not against that at all um there's just is a few more elements that I just feel like Call of Cthulhu is pretty dense, it seems like. It is. Yeah. Um, and for the people we're going to get be able to play, that might be a tall ask. I, um, I'm inclined to agree. When, when one of your main skills is accounting, it <laughs> felt like uh, it it was maybe not the right system. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't made the final decision right now, but World of Darkness um, seems like our first choice. We've played it before. Um, we really like the um, ability you have to mix the different abilities and skills together for what fits the situation. Um, combat in that game isn't the focus, but it still feels really realistic in the sense where it's brutal and fast and um, mostly luck based honestly and yeah pretty luck based and the consequences of combat are probably going to follow you for a while right um, which um if so like when combat does happen it feels like it's going to be a pretty important thing yeah to happen um so uh yeah so we're thinking about going for that right now um but if hey if any of you guys have any other rpgs where like actually i've thought about this too and i think this system would be perfect for magnus or um you heard us just talking about the show and being like oh this seems like it would fit pretty well for what you guys are looking for yeah um or, hey, share them our way D 5e don't don't say D and D five e. You should <laughs> uh, use Pathfinder Second Edition. Um, no, <laughs> uh, I'm so tired of those people online. Where they're like, man, I wish D and D five e worked for this game, but it doesn't work for this list of twenty seven reasons. And it's like, dude, just use a different game. Just then. use a whole you know, different game. D and D isn't the only system out there. No, um, that is super annoying. And I also find it really annoying when there, people are like, man, I made this like homebrew class or subclass for D and D. So it does this. And somebody's like, Hey, just play Pathfinder. Yeah. That's, you don't need to homebrew. Just play. That's Pathfinder. so fucking annoying. Um, I did like, I saw a lot of people that, so like when there's like a game or something that comes out, people are like, Oh, I kind of want to do this for my change. My, um, D and D game to be like this like well they're like oh this game comes out i want to do this i'm going to change all these elements to fit it into my yeah. D and D game but people are like oh but there's like systems out there that work way better and then i saw a bunch of people when baldur's gate 3 came out like oh <laughs> man i really want to run this in my call of cthulhu game is there a way i can make my call of cthulhu <laughs> feel more like baldur's gate 3 
and it, it fucking rules. <laughs> Does anybody know how to convert the Baldur's Gate to the Fate system? Yeah, it's shit like that, and it fucking ruled. That kills me. That rules. Oh, speaking of funny people online, um, when it happened, there is this fucking hilarious thing where, so like we said before in Magnus Archives, um, they do fix the apocalypse. So there's. There was a big community online making in-universe, uh, that's us, uh, like memes of post-post-apocalypse memes. <laughs> We're like, oh, this is me when I was uh, stuck in the scary fire building that my <laughs> mom was going to die in. And then it's me like the Kevin James fall out like, shrug his shoulder. Yeah, exactly. It's a bunch of shit like that. It's so fucking funny, dude. Um, and like, or it'll be like people like they'll be tormented by like one of the avatars, like just say like Annabelle King, like, and it's like, yeah, yeah, it's like me when I got my hands on Annabelle King, <laughs> like people beating the shit out of a person or something it was it's so funny um and i think that is one of the strong points of the community um of fans in this show is how actually healthy of a community it is um See, the, i'm not big into fandoms in general or this one in particular but i have heard from a a i guess i'll say mutual friend of ours um who is big into that that kind of fandom uh who said that it's like pretty toxic in in big spaces oh is it i yeah I he, haven't he really in fact warned that. me he was like hey if you're gonna do an episode just like be careful sometimes they get real mean yeah i i think i could see that with the people who would defend the show to a fault where we have a lot of criticisms of the show uh even though we both really like it still I could see people being like, this show does no wrong. Yeah. Um, and that might be the case. I haven't really come across any of that myself. Most people are pretty, like when people come up with, do their own fan art or animations. Oh, yeah. Or like, people do fan statements and everything. I saw one online where um, it was sort of like a fan statement, but not really, where it was like a uh, email from the because they say a couple times that like oh i could recommend you with good therapists that we could send you to oh, where it was funny. an email from the therapist being like, what the fuck are you doing over there where you tra traumatizing all these fucking people and sending them my way um Dude, i, I think pissed. i'd be pretty bad too i'd be like dude um, they have they have the dreams every night and they say you're standing there watching them. Oh, while yeah. Doing that's it. one of my fucking favorite episodes. That lady just come in and being like, what the fuck is this fucked up guy <laughs> hey, following tell me? Tell your around? man to stop following me. <laughs> and it's fucking Jonathan Sims. And that's pretty late into the game, too. Um, I, They have some pretty strong episodes. Oh, yeah. Well into season uh, four. I really like the one that's in a, I forget exactly. I want to say Japanese, but it could have been v Vietnamese during that war um prisoner camps oh the pow one yeah, yeah that one, fucking that, one is, rules. that one's one i like a lot um i i tended to gravitate towards the war ones those were typically yeah i i could i could tell um so that's why i was like oh dude there's some episodes like i think i mentioned that one um there's the one nemesis yeah, i was that like good i was like dude you're gonna love these episodes coming out 
Um, yeah, uh, the show is good. Um, like, I think while we do have our criticisms, at least in the statements alone, the quality of the statements, while some specific ones might not be sure, as not good, everyone's a knock it out of the park overall. I don't think the quality of them ever really goes down. No, I, arguably, I maybe did. in season five when it switches what the statements actually are, but that's more of a different thing than really than it getting than, worse. Yeah, I would say. um, feels like we're wrapping up. What would you give the show? out of your patented what was it like 13 or 5 sometimes ratings um look it is a show it's fucking long um as hell but i'm still willing to re-listen to it all the time um uh i look i think this is gonna be an old i'm gonna say a 12 or a 13 out of 14 (laughs) yeah fair um, enough. like well i can like we did in this episode sure. obviously go through not and nitpick my problems sense. but it's so good and it's impressively good too when like you sit down and you think about the writing in it there it's been a while since i've seen a writer where they've actually impressed me uh, especially for a long-running theme like this, yeah, where it's not it's, just like a self-contained book or whatever. Yeah, but it's like it, it is probably the best written podcast I've ever listened. To. Oh yeah, I definitely um would agree. Like I don't know if I'd put it on the same quality as like prestige TV or or, or yeah or like that, but. But for the medium that it is, and I, th- I think it does a lot of good work with the being the medium that it is. It's got to be some of the best podcasts that exist. yeah, certainly better than this dog shit you've been listening to. For like yeah, no, I um, mean, we like I said before, we are two different things. Yeah, we're not a, um, a tightly scripted audio drama. We have no script at all. If we're you think two assholes we, talking to I've, each other, I've had people listen to this episode, to this show, and gone. Do you guys read from a script? And I go, what? How on earth did you possibly get that impression? <laughs> hey, no, yeah. I understand how you get that impression, at least from me. I always sound like I'm reading something. But uh, I've we... been told by so many people I always sound like I'm giving some sort of like presentation. Yeah, I I guess that's, I've known you long enough where I don't really get that sense. But I guess if like you're not familiar with you, I, I could see that. Um but even even though like how we talk and the shit we talk about, there's no way that that a person who's trying to make something of quality would ever would, do. would put this out. Yeah. Um. And I, I think um, I, I think that'll have to do. <laughs> On that note, we're, we've talked enough shit about ourselves. And yeah. I, um. And yeah. Stop listening to us. If the point we're getting to go listen to the magnus archives hopefully again if you got this far um i feel bad i really like i'm genuinely sad for you if you've listened to this episode and then now you decide that you want to go listen to it um because we did kind of fucking fuck up the experience for you a good deal oh yeah Um, and like we but we did you. warn you. Yeah, that's not our fault. Uh, we, uh, I mean, it's it's it feels a bit moot to say it now, but uh, we cannot emphatically tell you enough. Listen to the show 
like as blind as you possibly can. Yeah, which discover it on some cassette tapes you found in an old case. That would fucking rule, dude. (laughs) We Um, should do that. We should should board up a, a wall with some like cds or whatever that have the magnus archives on dude if they just cut out like all the ads and whatnot and left credits and stuff yeah yeah left these cassettes places for people to find fuck me that would be so crazy good viral marketing great blair witch style shit dude (laughs) hey we're doing your work for you rusty quill and if you are rusty quill listening to this somehow um yeah somehow you guys did a good job I'm proud of you. Let us do something for you. If you're a whole network, buy our podcast for <laughs> yeah. pennies on the dollar. For pennies on the dollar. And um, buy, we, not... we will sell you our podcast right now, Rusty Quill. We'll sell you our podcast for a crisp $20 each. Holy shit. <laughs> That's so much. <laughs> I could do so much with a crisp $20 <laughs> bill. Um. But yeah, uh, thank you guys for listening. Oh, I never yeah. gave my number. Um, nine out of ten. So, oh yeah, uh, boring ass scale you're using there, but I can't fault you for that. Yep, it's um, easy for people to, <laughs> to really grasp how I felt. And it's pretty easy to be consistent with it at the very <laughs> least. Yep, that's true. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, if you enjoyed listening to us at all and have anything to say um you could tell us i guess if you have ideas uh for for a magnus rpg how you might go about that kind of thing either system wise or or cool like ideas for things on like how a different version of this kind of avatar or a different kind of statement one of my favorite things preparing for this is taking real world monsters and seeing how they could connect to the fear right um it's a pretty known fact on this show i'm a big stand of windigo and uh that's flesh baby yeah i think connecting windigo to the flesh would be so fun um and such an interesting thing to do um and i've sort of been trying to do that with a few monsters i really want to figure i think it would be funny so i've talked around this idea i think it would be hilarious to tie bigfoot into the lonely somehow um you could do something with the eye and what is it the peekaboo or whatever the thing that's always standing just behind you that american folklore cryptid the what the peekaboo i think that's what it's called um or maybe the looky loo or something like that i know there's the look see maybe that's which, what i'm thinking of yeah which is from like um it's like kind of discount slender man from like an online fan-made spooky short film sort mm. of thing maybe they're um, drawing from the same thing i am because i remember it's like uh i i found a little while ago when I was doing a kind of supernatural Western game for my girlfriend and some friends of mine, um, I, I found a map of all the different region specific cryptids. Yeah. It's pretty cool that you kind of locked me out of there and made it seem like I had less friends by not saying friends of ours, even though um, they, they, they both, I I'd count both of those people as part of my friends too, but um, that's fair. My yeah, bad. Go ahead. Continue. Um, Story. Uh, you would have been in it, but I think you had just started working at the time. Yeah, so I think I was pretty busy. Uh, yeah, because I think 
you told me about it and you were like, oh, come up with a character concept. And then I like tossed around a couple of things. And then uh, like the first couple of games or whatever, you were like, oh, we're going to play this time. I'm like, I can't. Uh, I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. And so, and I think after a little while, you just were like, it's cool. I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> go on without me. Um. So uh, I have that map somewhere. And yeah, one of them, I think it's called like the peekaboo or something. And it's supposed to be a, a cryptid that's just always standing behind you. And like you get the sense that it's watching you. But every time you turn around, it does the fucking Malcolm in the middle ass move where it just moves as you turn. Malcolm in the middle ass move? I feel like that happened. I feel like at some point in Malcolm in the middle, somebody was doing that. That feels like it could I think there's no, there is one in Malcolm in the Middle where it's when Lois was pregnant and Dewey breaks a vase and yes. he hides under her pregnant under her belly. pregnant belly. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> of. That show fucking rules. That show fucking awesome. Maybe we do, do Malcolm in the Middle commentary for the whole show. The whole show, Jesus. Um, but yeah, oh, this uh, is our 24 hour commentary. I don't Maybe remember. We'll if, I don't remember if uh, we talked about how you could reach us, but you could reach us at our email at the atomic email at gmail.com, our social medias, whichever ones are still surviving at the time. We still um, have an X, um, a, a Twitter for everybody who's normal. Um, it's at atomic androids. Or Instagram at Atomic Android 2020. Um, thanks for listening, you guys. Um, and have a very spooky two-ish weeks. Yeah, I That's feel like this was Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I was, mean, this was scary. This was spooky enough. Um, if we could get it one more spooky thing out this month. Um, it might be a tall ass for us at the moment, but we'll try. We will try. Um, if we have any ideas for anything spooky else to do, because I have none. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll see you guys sometime. Sometime. See you I'm around not gonna the bed. say next week, maybe. But uh, bye. Bye. I was really tempted to just say fuck you at the end. <laughs> and I didn't want to come in hostile and leave hostile. And leave hostile, yeah. <laughs> and like, that wow, that me, guy's I might never sucked. listen to this podcast again. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.